Hi everyone, Matt Vaughn here with another episode of the Angular Delicious Podcast. Thanks for joining in. Today we have a special guest, Bartos Pichucha, and he is a developer, architect, and Angular expert. And we're going to be talking to him about a synchronization strategy that helps us to kind of bridge the gap between UI components and core domain services in your Angular applications. Now, Bartosz has been speaking about this topic for a year or more at different conferences in Europe. Now he's going to spend some time with us and let us know how this works in our Angular applications so that we can improve the communication flow between UI and core domain services. Welcome to the Angularlicious podcast. Angularlicious. And now your host, Matt Vaughn. Welcome, Bartos. Glad to have you here with the Angularlicious podcast. Uh, I've been looking at all of the different videos and courses and some of the talks that you've been giving over the last year or two at these different conferences. Pretty amazing. Uh, why don't you go ahead and tell the audience uh, who you are and a little bit about yourself and what's been keeping you busy uh, during the last several months. Hi, Matt. Thanks for having me. It's, it's really amazing to, to have this uh, podcast with you. Yeah, uh, my name is Bartosz, and I've been doing uh, Angular stuff for pretty couple of years already. And uh, yeah, I also started creating content some time ago. Uh, before that, I was I was um, doing conferences and and then meetups. But uh, you know, about a year ago, I decided that I want to transform my website, which was mostly informative uh, in the context of you know the workshops I was running into more content-rich uh, website and it started getting traction which which made me uh which made me really happy and i started creating more and more content and uh, actually i believe this kind of uh activity brought us here together because you found something on the internet and then you know we can talk about it right now right yeah definitely yeah i i, uh, I think it was probably maybe a month or two ago mm -hmm. i uh, found your article on angular architecture so that, that brought a lot of traction yes I believe, because uh, i heard a lot of uh, positive feedback and comments and you know people also on slack were uh, discussing it so that's probably one of the articles that i'm pretty proud of yeah definitely it's uh it's very much in line with uh, some of the architectures that um i'm I've been looking at, I've uh, been used to using, I come from a .NET C-sharp background. I know your background, uh, I think I heard that uh, you were a Java developer before Angular, is that correct? Yes, yes. I've been doing a lot of enterprise Java development back then and in, in, in the in the past. But, you know, uh, some time ago, I just fully transitioned to JavaScript world because it, it became so refreshing to me uh, after you know this year spent in you know hardcore enterprise development right so did you go uh, straight to like pure javascript or was it uh, straight away to uh, typescript and angular um, when you made your move yeah i believe the transition was kind of smooth because a couple of years ago I started the project where there was uh, Angular JS frontend, so uh, we were also developing uh, this this frontend part, and you know this kind of relationship with Angular started to grow back then, and you know it was still Angular JS that time, and I I actually uh, 
to be honest, was very hesitant to, to start doing front-end because, you know, I thought that the only real programming was happening on the back-end when, you know, all the logic, all the hardcore business uh, was happening. But, but you know, since AngularJS uh, was there, um, I, I started to really go down the rabbit hole in the front-end world and and then you know uh, those angular 2 uh, was started to being popular I mean I don't remember the date when 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 did they release angular 2 do you remember well uh, 2016 uh, it was a release candidate in 2016 so late 2016 I, I believe or early 2017 but uh, yeah single page applications is kind of what got me into uh, Angular as well, and I started with Angular JS uh, like yourself in 2015. So, as a platform, I think it's really uh, provided a lot of tooling for developers. I'm kind of interested in hearing um, what you th what you think is really valuable, I guess, with the Angular platform and what it provides for um, more uh, enterprise level architectures, because your article really highlights some interesting concepts, especially with the um, the facade service that you mm -hmm. mentioned there. Um, can you tell me a little bit more about that and, and what that means in terms of the architecture and, and what its uh, relationship is with the components? Yeah, sure. So so uh, just to, to finish the, the last thought, uh, then, you know, there was this Angular 2 uh, final release and all the all the surroundings like typescript uh compilers all those stuff made me really interested in this in this uh ecosystem and and uh yeah as i had this 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 enterprise development um experience i i i decided to go more fully into angular and i you know back then i changed my um uh, job to go from you know this java developer to to fully angular to uh let's say a project and uh, following your question when it comes to the architecture yeah i mean it, it just felt natural to try to project all those things from from the back end uh enterprise development and design of of software into Angular 2 because because it really um, felt like it's it's really a good fit to to try to, to put those concepts inside of this this world. I, I think it's interesting the comment you just made about uh, using some of the structures and patterns that you were very familiar with in the back end yeah. and moving those to the front end. So what what are some of those patterns and and things that uh, really apply to front end Angular in specific? That uh, you basically used uh, from the back end. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, so basically, I, I would I would um, stress out the the concept of of uh, levels of abstractions or level of abstraction, because uh, when you're building a complicated uh, system, you need some kind of structure. You need to think about uh, this in the ways of 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 layers that that we are. Moving around the huge system, and there are different levels of abstractions, and it perfectly fits to the front end because you know in in backend we we had this architecture. Okay, there's a persistence layer, then there is this application layer, and then there's there's this front end layer or presentation layer, and if you if you, if you look at this from the front end or Angular uh, perspective, you have all those components. Uh, which are like uh, on the presentation layer that interacts with the UI. 
And then on, on, on the other side, you have this logic, like uh, how do you manipulate the data? How do you, you know, uh, maybe communicate with the backend? And these are two um, separate worlds. And, and you were mentioning this facade pattern, which can actually make the bridge between those two worlds. But here's a question, for example, if you want to ca call uh, some some backend uh, API from from user click, and then you, you you get some data from the backend, and how? My, my, my first first question would be how do you where where do you implement uh, I call it synchronization strategy? So because you have some some data on the on the on the on the server which uh, we call server server state right. and, and data on the front end, and then you know you want to update the data on the backend, but uh, for the time being, uh, for example, when, when when the query is being executed, we have this inconsistency, and then we need to synchronize the data. Where, where the code of the synchronization should live, in the presentation layer, or in the business logic layer, or, or where? And and I found that this 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 bridge between components and and uh, and uh, business logic. Which we can call facade is is a perfect place to, for implement the synchronization strategy. That this this is not any presentation logic. It's not uh, any you know uh, business logic. It's something in between. So so this naturally uh, like emerged this 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 uh, middleware. Let's say that um, created this this layers right. Yeah, those are uh, great terms. Uh, synchronization strategy. Something that's in between middleware. Um, I've been uh, looking at uh, clean architecture patterns, and uh, the clean architecture pattern calls this uh, what you're talking about. This facade, it calls it an adapter. Yeah. And uh, so it's a service, and what it does is it bridges the gap, like you said, between UI components and the core domain services that do mm -hmm. the business logic and are responsible for the data data operations through web APIs and things like that. Um, but uh, yeah, that I, that's that's uh, very interesting. I like um, the, the terminology, I think we understand the meaning. It's a facade, meaning it's, a, it's like a service that provides some API to the components. The responsibility being that middleware in between synchronization strategy. So it's something in between UI and coordinates operations with the core domain service. And I think exactly. that's perfect the way you described it. Um, so where did, where did you, did you use that kind of pattern or, or how did that emerge um, in, in your architecture? I mean, it still uh, is this this urge that that actually uh, I will I will tell it one more time that came from from uh, the previous experience that okay so 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 I've delved into this front end and then you know so so what now I mean how how do we build the application how do we how do we make it clean right as you said that uh, you want to write code you want to write code that. Uh, you know, when somebody reads your uh, code, uh, you want to make sure that he uh, is on the same side, right? That there is nothing. Uh, I mean, we want to minimize this this moments when the person feel confused. I mean, it's still going to be confusing to read somebody else's code that uh, you know was not designed by, by by yourself. But but our goal as developers should be to to minimize this 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 confusion to make other developers um, feeling familiar with your code uh, as soon as possible right. because we are going we, we 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 are 
working in the teams. Uh, very often we are working remote and, uh, you know, and, and in this asynchronous manner. And uh, I'm a really big fan of, of this kind of uh, workflow that, you know, we don't need as much meetings to discuss uh, the design and, you know, uh, to explain stuff. Because if the code explains itself uh, what, what it's meant to be, and not only on the, not only on the, you know, mm, let's say, uh, implementation, uh, small, low level, but also on the, on this high level, that people understand, people understand. Okay, I'm, I need to implement, let's say, um, code that does X, Y, and Z. Where, where do I place it? Should I place it here, or in this uh, layer, or right. maybe somewhere else? And, and that's really uh, interesting. That if, if, if you can structure this, this this architecture so that other people know okay so i need to implement uh, let's get back to the synchronization strategy he would uh, if, if you agree on if, if you agree uh all that okay this should live in this layer their confusion is gone right there's there's no this moment okay wh wh why is this implemented here right i remember i was once in the project it was very long time ago when when when, it, when there was like a sql query in in template <laughs> can you imagine java uh application and and you know we, we, we there was like i remember jsp back then and 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 there was like actually embedded sql query in jsp uh template and and this is something that you know you and I probably would not understand never, right? Yeah, I, I yeah, and I, and I think, I think it happens because when new technologies come out, especially like Angular, everybody wants to know how to do it. And I think early on we saw examples where, um, in the component, uh, in ng on init, this is where you make your call for data and then you bind it. And then uh, another year or several months go by and people are talking, well, let's do this in a service. Well, you, then you have a service that has really everything in it, very overloaded, doing state management, doing HTTP calls, business logic, uh, handling and response, error handling, et cetera, et cetera. And it seems like over time, uh, like you said, uh, it, it kind of evolves. Uh, Angular, uh, now we're looking at more reactive type programming. Uh, we have the capabilities of organizing our software in these layers that you're talking about. And so each layer has its own responsibility now. And uh, with this uh, synchronization strategy, it has a specific responsibility. And I think uh, when you start describing software in layers like that and in Angular, I think that's awesome because uh, we have all the capabilities now to organize our projects this way. And I think that's... Uh, been really a the the benefit not only from TypeScript but from you know Angular in general the platform with modules and and uh, library library projects things like that to kind of organize our, our software a little bit better. Yeah, exactly. But but it's it's really cool that also not only uh, yeah because when it comes to the layers, um, it's it's uh, what I'm what I'm trying to say is that. I would call it the vertical layers, but also there is this uh, um, separation that, uh, or maybe not. I'm saying that uh, before that, uh, we used to do this, uh, 
in a way that we separated in the feature modules only and uh, there was everything uh, separated in this vertical fashion that you right. have for example some some part of the application that uh, was let's say admin module and then you placed every controller every module everything inside and the only separation that that, that we had was this uh, vertical uh, slices right now and now we can cut those uh, pieces into not only horizontal but vertical layers and then everything seems so clear that you you find a place for uh, not only the the abstraction uh, layer um, let's say but also the 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 the, the feature or let's, the domain um, place for for the given code you're describing uh, practices and patterns that have really been around for decades kind of more in like java for backend and uh, .NET uh, for backend, and uh, I think coming from that background, uh, that gives us kind of a, a different approach or technique. But um, I guess from your experience and working with your teams, um, do you think is it hard or difficult for some team members, or if they come strictly from a, a pure JavaScript or a web uh, development background, um, how has it been with uh, you and your teams? Uh, approaching the, these newer kind of architectures for the for the front end mm -hmm. uh, to be honest I would I would uh, say it in a different uh, way I found that people who were actually dotnet developers because I've been doing a lot of uh, let's say on-site face-to-face uh, -face workshops with people who were just going into angular right. and those people who were experienced in, in, in Java or dotnet found it really easy to transition into into TypeScript, you know, and, and, and Angular, because, you know, there were a lot of concepts that they were already familiar with, right? For example, dependency injection, right? You, you tell a Java developer what is DI container in Angular, and he just automatically grasped the concept and he knows it, right? right. It's, it's easier to, to, to explain uh, somebody who, who has been um you know familiar with with dependency injection for example that you know it's it's the same as in java you had di container in spring or uh, and oh yeah that makes sense it's it's super easy to to use this concept so so i would say that um that those people who who actually been there uh, in, in this you know enterprise development in 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 languages like dotnet and java found it easy to to jump into the train of you know TypeScript, uh, especially, for example, another uh, concept like uh, those strict typing and in, 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 in static typing in, in TypeScript that, you know, because a lot of people from, from the backend would say that, you know, JavaScript is bad because we have those duck typing. It's, it's, it's really, it, you know, too dynamic and, and, and we don't want to go there. But if you show them TypeScript, they find out they, they, they some, somehow smile and say wow that's cool i can do this hey everyone i want to let you know that bartosh our guest on the angularicious podcast has just released a new course on angular academy this is the enterprise security course it's a 10-week effective learning program very interactive and it's going to be all you need to know about web security and implementing a role-based enterprise-grade authorization system using Angular and REST APIs. This course has 10 
separate modules in the agenda, and it goes into great detail on many different things. It, it also includes lifetime access to all the materials, future updates, other resources uh, for authorization libraries, recordings from the coaching sessions, very interactive uh, 10 live group coaching sessions, and you'll be able to work together with your teams on the specialized Slack channel just for this course. So please check it out. It's on angularacademy.com. That's angular-academy.com. Right. Yeah, um, I think my experience with that, especially uh, TypeScript uh, being uh, very object-oriented, being able to take advantage of base classes, uh, interfaces, and um, the polymorphism and different things like that, and um, being able to implement even more advanced design patterns, uh, like the template method pattern or a, um, or a, a composite pattern for a business rule engine or something like that, and uh, the capabilities with TypeScript uh, using generics and things like that have really made um, a lot of sense, made things easier, um, but uh, I'm wondering if you didn't come from a .NET or a Java background if it uh, might be a little more difficult sometimes? It may be, especially if you look at uh, it on the deeper level, like, you know, we, we, we in JavaScript, indeed, we have a little bit of different, uh, let's say, um, inheritance um, or maybe object-oriented uh, approach implementation because, you know, we had this... Uh, class-based inheritance uh, in, in, in the real classes are there in, in, in Java, but but in uh, JavaScript, we have this uh, prototype-based object-oriented model, right? So we don't have really the classes. And TypeScript only mimics the classes, but indeed when you when you compile it to JavaScript, we, had, uh, we have these prototypes which uh, is, is serving the same purpose. This approach and design of this system is is serving the same purpose, but under the hood, you know, there are no real class objects. You had you you have these prototypes, and some people, uh, when you try to say them that you know you have objects but you don't have classes, uh, could find it really confusing at the beginning. That you know, so so how, how I. I had the class uh, keyword, but I don't have classes inside when I compile it, and this is prototype based. And then you, you, you I mean, I'm saying from my experience that you, you, then you go to the whiteboard and you draw the, the you know, uh, prototype chain, and you say, okay, this is a prototype. We start from the object, and then we go down, and the the features or, or properties are inherited, and we call it prototype chain. And uh, there is no class object as in Java. And then it starts to make sense. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it can get pretty complex. But I, I really think um, Angular as a platform, though, with uh, TypeScript, Visual Studio Code, the tooling, the CLI, you know, it really, it really makes a lot of sense for enterprise applications um, and uh, all the different uh, capabilities that, uh, that come with it. So I've been pretty pleased with it. Um, uh, I was also, um, when I was looking at one of your uh, blogs, or li- I think I was listening to one of your um, your conference um, talks um, uh, that you did last year, and you talked about how these uh, architectural principles um, solve problems of complexity. Mm-hmm. 
And um, I was wondering if uh, you might want to elaborate on that for um, for our listeners to talk about how those layers that, that you mentioned earlier, how they really kind of, uh, uh, what they do to solve complexity problems. I mean, when we think about software, um, you know, we are actually baking in the complexity into the systems and oh, we as humans are, are really, uh, let's say, f- finding it hard to, to think about complexity at the, as a whole. We need to, you know, take a lens and look at one piece at a time. And if you have these uh, layers, it makes it easy to look at a one piece. Uh, piece at a time that okay i can zoom in and this part i can i can uh be really focused on this part then i can zoom out i can see a bigger picture and then and i can zoom in one more time but on a different part of the system i can focus and you know make it perfect and then i can again zoom out and see the bigger picture so what i found um what, what i understand by complexity is that you have a lot of pieces working together and when you when you look at and it, it's, it's, it's for us, it's really hard to think about this as every single detail at one time. We need to switch our focus uh, on one part. We can, you know, be really focused on all the pieces in this, in this uh, element. And then when we zoom out our focus, we see the bigger picture, but then we miss those small details in every part of the system. So that makes the system complex in my understanding. And uh, having a good structure and good architecture uh, allows us to, you know, to navigate uh, throughout this very um, huge space of complexity. And then when we want to focus on the given part, we can then, okay, I'm here, I'm in this part of the system. I can zoom my focus. I can make it perfect. I can make it uh, really, really, uh, you know, let's say, uh, the way I want it to be. And then I can zoom out, forget about the details and think about the boundaries. Like, okay, now this is this has this API. I don't want to focus on, on you know, the internals, every detail. I just know, okay, this is some component. This is some part of the system. It has this inputs and outputs and I don't have to focus about, I don't have to focus on, on every single detail of this building block. I just look at it as a building block and I have my mental capabilities to, uh, switch my focus on and on the different parts of the system because we as humans find it really hard to have in our memory every single detail right we can actually then uh, okay this is the block this 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 can fit here uh, and or fit here and I don't have to you know have every single uh, implementation detail of this component and I can you know build a system of, of the high level blocks so uh, this is what really architecture is to me the the way the system is decomposed of those blocks or components and the way those components interact with each other what are the rules of communication uh, between those components what are the restrictions uh, and then this this actually boils down to, to to having those those blocks that you connect together yeah so so you talk about these communication boundaries. So it's almost like these blocks are encapsulate whatever responsibilities they have. So if it's the business layer or the data access layer repository um, or, or whatnot. So each layer has its own responsibility and then the communication boundaries are respected and all you have to worry about are the inputs and outputs. 
and the internal. Yeah, exactly. And and this gives you um, the answer to your question. I mean, what, what is the complexity of, of what it means? The complexity of the system is the ability. I mean, is is this 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 let's say this thing that 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 you have those details encapsulated, and then you can go. Uh, let's say higher on the higher level and then you can use those blocks and then those blocks compose different blocks more general blocks and then now you 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 are so you know away from every detail but it's really complex when you look at this uh, in, in in you know more focused or closer uh, look very nice i um yeah, your your talk that uh, you've given at these conferences, and then especially your article on uh, your website, which is uh, angularacademy.com. So angular-academy.com, that's your website, and uh, yes. you have some great articles on there. The one I'm t that we've been talking about in particular is the Angular Architecture Best Practices. Um, very well written, has uh, a lot of diagrams, um, the data flows, the different boundaries you talked about. Um, I really enjoyed that article. So I would invite all the listeners to uh, check out your website, angularacademy.com. And then uh, I know that you've been working very hard on a new course. Uh, would you like to tell us about your new course and um, what, it, what it's about and uh, what you uh, look forward to doing with that? Yeah, sure. Why not? So um, recently um, it started actually last year uh, because we are talking about um, the articles and, and the stuff that I put out and I was pretty surprised uh, that the video I put uh, back then in 2018 uh, on YouTube uh, which was about uh, Angular authorization with uh, JSON tokens and, and how to implement stuff like login got a lot of traction i mean right now i mean i don't have a lot of youtube videos so far and and that video right now has over 50,000 views and wow. i was pretty surprised that you know my youtube channel is is, is pretty small and you know the videos uh, you know gain a couple of thousands and this video right now is over 50k and i thought okay so if people are are looking how to use of uh, json tokens how to implement authorization how to implement a sign up you know um, and stuff like that i thought i mean maybe it's a good idea for the course right and then uh back then uh, last year i was uh researching the topic I, I was talking with the community uh and, and my listeners and then readers on on mailing list and on on, on slack channel and it like there's a huge interest in, in in the security and and the this this you know authorization authentication parts uh of of applications and then uh one day i, I just crafted uh, the agenda uh, it was a couple of months ago and I sent out this agenda to, to my community and uh, a lot of people said, wow, that's, that looks pretty interesting when it comes to the course, right? And then um, I said, wow, maybe maybe that's a good idea. And I started working on that course and, uh, you know, I called it, I, I was thinking how to call it because I didn't want to just create a course like, okay, um, how to do, let's say, login and logout. I wanted to create something 
more full-blown and i decided to create angular enterprise security academy which is you know uh, not only um the course that teaches you how to implement login logout you know roles authorization but also in it it, it teaches you the security or web security fundamentals to understand uh, and only only on the top of that we can implement a proper uh, design and you know um things that makes your application secure because it is all about uh, the security and and making our applications a safe to use so so yeah this, this is the 10-week intensive program that uh, focuses on understanding web security fundamentals and um, also on the top of that uh, it shows you how to design and implement uh, role-based authorization uh, and i'm pretty excited about it because we already have uh, tens of students uh, in this course and uh, it's still open for enrollment and we close it uh, by the time of this recording uh, tomorrow uh, evening uh, in my uh, time zone and then the registration is going to be closed and there's going to be work with students because we have uh, video calls with 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 uh, the participants to to solve their their challenges because sometimes when you imagine for example you 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 watch some video and then okay i understand this but i don't quite well get this part and the course is meant to to help to you know um those those situations or maybe it's, it's, it's designed to go fast i mean not to get stuck on on, on some uh, yeah. some issues understand yeah. you can we, we actually uh, we actually had first uh live call with the students and everybody are, uh, is really excited seems very interactive and um, yeah. when i looked at the outline i was like wow um all the different sessions and uh, the availability to uh, interact together as a class uh, through Slack and through the, uh, the open uh, web and the communication with you and such. So it's very interactive, which is a, a lot different than I think uh, most co courses offer. So I think it's going to be very valuable. Uh, yeah, thank you. Thank you. Uh, uh, I, I put a lot of energy into the whole project. And, you know, if somebody's listening during the enrollment period, he can join or she can join. But if, for example, somebody listens to this podcast, let's say after we, we, we close the enrollment, um, they still can join the waiting list because this, as you said, is a class-based uh, approach. So we run uh, the enrollment. Uh, we open for a couple of days. People hop in. Then for the next couple of weeks, we learn together. And this is the addition of the of this this this, this academy, and then um, you know there's a next edition, and, and and every single edition is going to be better. Uh, you know, it would have more content. That's why it's it's really interesting to to create something different than you know all those video-based uh, courses that uh, internet is full of. Yeah, well, uh, Bartro, has been uh, very prolific uh, with the. Uh... That, that course, I think uh, it's going to be very exciting for uh, the listeners and anyone who uh, enrolls into your class. I think they're going to learn a, a lot. Um, Bartro says uh, you have uh, 28 blog posts on dev.2. Uh, uh, probably. I, I have yeah. not counted them yet, but Tw probably. 20, 28 blog posts. Uh, you're the founder of angular-academy.com. 
And uh, I'm going to have uh, the website and links to your uh, blog posts, to your GitHub, to your Twitter, and also to uh, the new course that you talked about. Uh, we uh, want everyone to be able to take advantage of that. And uh, especially, uh, and even the YouTube uh, video you mentioned about the role-based authorization, I think that's a pretty good uh, topic as well. So we'll include all of those in the show notes. I think everybody's going to appreciate um, all those resources. But I really want to um, say thank you to you. I know uh, um, you're on the other side of the world uh, from where I'm at in Colorado, and I really appreciate you uh, spending time uh, this evening uh, talking uh, to uh, the Angular Licious uh, podcast and uh, telling us about architecture and uh, giving us uh, your take on uh, how we make things better in uh, the Angular world. Appreciate it. Yeah, thank you very much also for having me. And uh, yeah, it was... Um interesting to have this conversation with you because I feel we have the same vibe of uh, the architecture and the understanding of the software. So it was really uh, a pleasure to, to have this conversation with you. Thank you very much. You've been listening to the Angular Licious podcast where there's no excuse to get it right the first time. Visit the Angular Licious website that's angularlicio.us or for the other people, com. Join the conversation, subscribe, access show notes, and get your bonus content.